Do you laugh in the face of those that say the holidays are the most wonderful time of the year and instead want to avoid them like Aunt Mary's fruitcake? Are you bracing yourself for all the awkward and hurtful conversations that inevitably come with the gathering together of all that are supposed to love us? I get it. And I have a secret for you. It's not about you. It's about them, or at least most of it is. In this episode, I'm going to share with you a new perspective and mindset to try on this holiday season that will be another tool in your toolbox to go from surviving to thriving this December. Hello, my friend. Are you a superhero in disguise, tirelessly juggling the needs of everyone around you while you put your aspirations and future on the back burner? Well, you're not alone and you've just landed in the perfect spot. Welcome to the third season of Surviving to Thriving, the podcast designed exclusively for phenomenal women who are ready to take back their lives. I'm your host, Janessa Durrani, a wife and mom to two crazy teen boys. I combined my 30 plus years of experience in design and personal development to help women create lives they love inside and out. So get ready to laugh, learn, and leap into a life where you are the leading lady, not just the supporting role. It's time to trade surviving for thriving. Let's go. Last week, I turned 52 and promptly got my shingle shot. It's like a post-50 rite of passage. When you schedule it, they suggest that you do it on a Friday because it could knock you down. So you're to prepare for feeling like you were hit by a bus. Happy birthday to May. So I've been dreading it for weeks. And from the moment that I got the shot, I have been like uber vigilant, just waiting for the bus to hit me. And I'll tell you, my arm is swollen like crazy. I've gotten very stiff, but that's kind of my life right now. And I have had crazy dreams. But overall, it hasn't been that bad. But anything that I have felt, I think I've brought on just by thinking about it. And even though my arm is swollen, as long as nothing touches it, I'm fine. So how am I telling you this? Outside of the fact that this is a safe place to chat about all things midlife and shingles is my current milestone, but actually the whole thing got me thinking about the holidays and how stressful and painful the social interactions can be. So bear with me in this analogy, my friends. This topic has come up so many times with my client sessions over the last couple of weeks. They are dreading seeing their family because they hmm, seem to intentionally push their buttons or they're bound to say something about their weight they've gained or other comments about their appearance of themselves or their children, or they're going to have so many questions about the work they are or are not doing, 
or they hurt them inadvertently as they're trying to be encouraging or well-meaning. You know, the family members that just want to help with a side of gut punch. Sound familiar? So are you like I was going into my shingle shot and are bracing yourself for the worst? Can you already anticipate that they're going to say and how you're going to feel? And just like I was, might you be going into the gathering just looking for the digs and the punches and the pain? If so, you are absolutely normal. It's a defense mechanism and it's a survival tactic. And you know, we want to go from surviving to thriving here. So as much as we can say, I'm just going to kill him with kindness, or I'll just let it roll off my back. It's not that easy. So what do we do? Let's all start with a quick why. (laughs) Why are we gathering with these individuals and or can we just avoid them? This goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago. Just because you've always done something or have participated in a tradition, it may no longer serve you. So can you just give it a hard pass? If so, RSVP with a, oh my goodness, thank you so much for including us, but we're, we're not able to make it this year and be done with it. Always remember that you do not need to give an excuse when you decline an invitation. When you do, the host will inevitably try to find a way to solve your dilemma and you don't want it to be solved. So a simple no thank you is all you need. Now, for 95% or more of the cases, I'm assuming that just not putting yourself into this situation is not a possibility. So we go back to the why. These are likely blood relatives of yours or your partner. You know, the well-meaning aunts, uncles, in-laws, and cousins, maybe even siblings. And for the most part, you probably like them most of the time. But they have been cruel in their own way in the past. So you go in on pins and needles waiting for them to get you again. So your why is that it's important to spend time with those that know you and love you the most, even though they drive you crazy at times. So then the next step is to get awareness around why they feel the need to make these comments and why they seem to hurt so much. As you likely know, I was morbidly obese since I was a teen. And five years ago, I stopped eating flour and sugar as part of a meal plan to lose weight, which I did. But during that time, I got so many comments like, why are you eating so many vegetables? You eat salad for breakfast? Gross. I don't know how you can do that. I could never do that. Do you really think you can do that for the rest of your life? 
I tried that, and it worked for a while, but it's not sustainable. Don't you think that's bad for your body? In the beginning, I felt the need to defend my choices. I tried to avoid eating around other people so that it didn't draw attention, and I questioned my choices each and every time. But then I realized their comments weren't about me at all. It was about them. Before, I was the life of the eating party. I was the safe friend to be around because I was the biggest, I ate the most, and I was full of self-deprecating humor. Now I was changing my role, and they were uncomfortable with that. They weren't happy with how they felt. They were struggling with what they ate. They were questioning their willpower and discipline, and it was easier to attack mine than it was to turn the mirror to themselves. So think back to the last five things someone has said to you that hurt you. And turn it around and see if you can see what they were trying to say about themselves, even though it was directed at you. Here are some examples. I can't believe you're giving up your career as an attorney to pursue a wellness practice. What they're really saying is, I would be too scared to give up that income to pursue something even if I loved it. You seem to take a lot of time doing your artwork. What they're really saying is, I wish I had the talent you had and could make myself a priority. If they were my children, I would. You could fill in a million ways to end that conversation. What they're really admitting is that they made mistakes as well. They now have a retrospective view and they want to give you what they wished they would have done. The key is to take their comment and visualize catching it in a catcher's glove, like out in front of you, like catch it and look at it, turn it over and ask yourself what this really is about before you respond, before you let it sink in and hit you. It is infinitely easier to kill them with kindness, so to speak, and just say, thank you, and let it go. When you can see it's really their fear, their insecurity and anxiety that they are trying to project onto you. But then we need to really chat about why it hurts so much. Why these well-meaning digs, zings, and punches hit us in such a way. It's just like the sight of my shot. It's swollen, but it only hurts when something hits it. That's what these comments are. It's like pushing on a bruise that we don't even notice until someone hits it. These are the comments that come flying at us that we also believe. Okay, let that sink in. These are the comments 
that we agree with, even if we don't want to. Let's take one of my clients who's gained some weight since she saw her mother last. Weight has been a battle for her entire family. It's a big topic. And she's dreading seeing her mom because she knows she's going to say something. And she is not comfortable in her own skin right now. She is self-conscious about her weight gain. So the comments are going to come and reinforce what she already believes to be true. The best way to explain this is an example from Dax Shepard. I don't know if you're familiar with Dax, D-A-X. He's an actor, he's married to Kristen Bell, and he's the host of the Armchair Expert podcast, which as a sidebar is a really good podcast. But he's a very tall, incredibly fit individual. But he struggled in school due to dyslexia growing up. So he says that if someone were to say to him, Dax, you are so short, regardless of how nasty they said it, it wouldn't bother him because he knows it to be false. He knows without a doubt he is a tall man. But if someone, even in passing, were to infer that he doesn't know what he's talking about, it takes him down. Why? Because he has always told himself that he's stupid. The only person that we can change is ourselves. That's where we need to work. Where are the comments hurting us? Where are our own fears, insecurities, anxiety, limiting beliefs, and negative self-talk? Where do we need to do our own inner work? And how can we head these comments off at the pass? One of my community members last Christmas had a statement prepared to explain her recent job move. And she sent it to everyone ahead of time. And then she had it on the ready for anyone else who had any questions that came up. For my clients that are worrying about their appearance conversations, I've suggested two things. When we gain weight, we typically try to hide it in big clothes. We tend to slouch to not take up too much space. We don't feel good in our bodies, so we tend to minimize the effort we take in ourselves. I want them to walk into these gatherings with their heads freaking held high. I want them to feel like their best self. I want them to dress for their bodies. I want them to beam from ear to ear. I want them to start affirming the hell out of themselves. Your weight has absolutely nothing to do with how amazing you are, how loving you are. I've also suggested that they reach out to the loved ones that they know will want to talk about the weight and let them know that this is no longer a conversation they want to participate in. So often the weight and appearance conversations encompass not only us, but our children. And really, it's none of their damn business. 
So this is where we're at, my friends. One, don't put yourself in a situation that could be avoided. Two, lean into why you're gathering with these individuals and work to connect with them on a level that keeps your personal life out of the conversation. Keep everyone busy, play games, have conversation starters, do activities. Really look at what they are saying and try to see what they are saying about themselves. Make it a game, get others involved. Then I want you to use your morning pages. You should be doing your morning pages, my friend. Just as a reminder, morning pages are three pages of stream of consciousness writing every morning to help you connect with your intuition and your core to your knowing, okay? So I want you to use your morning pages to identify where these comments hurt. Where are you needing to do some inner work on your own fears, insecurities, limiting beliefs, and negative self-talk? This is where working with a coach is so valuable. It is incredibly hard to see a limiting belief as anything but a truth. I have several podcasts about limiting beliefs, which I will put into the show notes. And lastly, think about ways to head these comments off at the past by giving everyone a heads up or asking that the topic be off limits. It is okay to self-advocate It is okay to say that this is not okay. Now, I realize that this list is a bit of utopia and hard to accomplish overcoming in the next three weeks until the holidays. But every time that we can gain more awareness around ourselves and those that are closest to us, we make huge strides. We cannot control what is said to us, but we absolutely can control our reactions. Do not give them the satisfaction of letting it set you back. You've got this, my friend. Don't use all of your valuable time and energy bracing for the what ifs. Don't go looking for the jabs and the zings. You are a strong, exceptional, creative, and able human being. Don't let anyone try to convince you otherwise. Until next time, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Surviving to Thriving. Remember, you're not alone in this adventure, and I'm here cheering you on every step of the way. If you found value in today's episode and want to stay connected, make sure to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform by subscribing. You'll never miss an episode filled with practical strategies, my quirky stories, and of course, a few laughs along the way. And hey, let's spread the word together. 
If you're loving what you're hearing, I'd be incredibly grateful if you would take a moment to leave a review. Your reviews not only make my day, but they also help other incredible women like yourself find the podcast and join our thriving community. So as we wrap up today, remember that you are worth every freaking ounce of effort you put into yourself. If you need me, you can find me at Just Janessa on all social media platforms, and my email is in the show notes. Catch you in the next episode.